Ladies and gentlemen, hello, my name is Adam, and this is the Do Big Things Podcast. Thank you for being here. Take a deep breath. Stay a while. I am not the best podcaster, speaker, orator. I'm not the best interviewer. I'm not the best conversationalist. But I'm here, week after week, chatting with some of the best and most inspiring folks around. This whole thing started as a way for me to break out of my fear of public speaking and to showcase some beautiful people that I knew had some tremendously powerful stories that I felt needed to be out in the world. It started as a way for me to remain sober and hopefully connect with like-minded people. I absolutely love doing this podcast and I put my whole heart into it. And you are here right now with me. I appreciate you. I love you guys. My guest this week is Coach Ron Maver. He is the founder of First Mile Sucks Running, which is a really cool uh, apparel company. You should all check them out. You can find them at fmsrunning.com. You better believe we talk about all his latest ultra marathons, running a business, and how running helped Ron to break out of his cycle of anxiety. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. If you need pacers or crew for your ultra marathon next year, get us on the books. I've got a monster ultra, I've got some monster ultra runners on my team willing to help you get to the finish line. Nolan's finishers, Tour de Jean's finishers, all the 14 and 14ers in Colorado FKT holders, as well as some good old-fashioned middle or back-of-the-pack runners. Whether you're new to the sport or an elite, we've got someone for you. We also offer coaching, and you can find everything at big-things-crewing.com. If you'd like to support us, our mission, or be a part of the Do Big Things tribe, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Do Big Things. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, On Pace Wellness, and Exoskin. Stick around to the end of the show and I'll get you some discount codes for items or services that are just going to enhance your outdoor adventures. All right, guys, here it is. Give it up for my man, Coach Ron Maber. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right. Coach Ron Maver, first mile sucks back on the show. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I just wanted to catch up with you. How you been? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it so much that, uh, that you give me this platform and, and I can't thank you enough. And as I said to you, you know, just a couple of minutes ago, I'm honored to do it. So, uh, thank you very much. Of course, of course you're a cool dude. And, uh, I just wanted to talk running with you and shoot the breeze a little bit. I think if I remember right, the last time I talked to you was after your first 100 and it was like a year ago and you've done like 300 since then. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost, it's almost exactly a year. In wow. fact, it just came up. So, uh, yeah, since then I've, I've done, uh, three more. I did, um, delirium, which was a 24 hour race here in South Carolina. I think it's a 1.2 mile loop. Oh no, I've done that. So, <laughs> so I did that. I did, um, that was in November. I did long haul 100 in January down in Florida, okay. which was great. Uh, and then in June, I did hellhole 100 hellhole. Uh, here in South Carolina, which which was a tough one. Obviously, they're all tough. And then I had um, I did a 50 mile virtual run for Bigger Than the Trail, which is a mental health advocacy group I, I work with. So um, I love I did their Yeah, they were awesome. Involved. Yeah, for sure. They were awesome. So I, this was my first year as an ambassador with them. So I did a 50 miler virtual with them. I had a bunch of buddies down here, uh, help me out with that, join in. And then, uh, just to go through my schedule, I attempted Barclays Fall Classic. I had, uh, my first DNF, uh, uh, Barclays Fall Classic. And then, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I did, um, Bronze Dragonfly in Savannah, which was a 12 hour run. I was able to get almost 59 in 58 nice. and some change nice. so uh so that was my year I, I was just saying to my wife i'm gonna take the the rest of 2020 off not off but just off of racing yeah. and uh and come back strong at uh farm days in february at uh 2021 okay and is that gonna be that that's another 24-hour event are you sure yeah so that's it yeah it's a 24-hour event um get as many as you can you know it's it's uh i was just looking at it on ultra sign up it's a strong field we have, um, you know, the, one thing I really want to talk about is down here in, you know, South Carolina, um, Georgia, like Savannah, they call it the low country. And I just want to thank like all the runners down here that um, they've really embraced me over, over the last year and uh, made me feel like part of the community and everyone's so nice. And, and there's actually some strong runners uh, down here. I know we get a bad rap because of the flat land. But uh, the heat acclimation helps out a little bit. So there's uh, there's a bunch of guys down there I'm looking forward to running with. And, uh, you know, I just want to put out how, how great everyone's been to me uh, down here. That's cool. That's cool. How'd you meet these guys? So uh, it's a long story. It's a spider web of events. Um, the first guy I met was uh, somebody who lived in my neighborhood. He said, you should get together with uh, Tim Waz. And he owns Grounded Running in Beaufort. And... Uh, if you look him up, he's he's done some amazing stuff. He did, uh, I think he got a fun run done at the Big Barclays, uh, at least two loops. He's done um, a bunch of FKTs. He's just he's a great guy. He's a he's a deadhead. I'm a deadhead. Nice. So uh, I went up to the store. I started talking to him, and uh, we hit it off right away. He's just a, a great guy, beast of a runner. So he's like, you know, you should talk to this other guy, uh, Ronald Vargas, who lives on the island you should run with him so i called him up um he's he's 55 i think now he's my running buddy and uh he's he's a beast too he's uh 
really strong runner. He's only been running maybe four or five years now. And uh, we, we ran together and we hit it off. And then he introduced me to somebody else who introduced me to somebody else. And then, you know, through having first mile socks and doing the races with everybody, um, I kind of just became a little bit, you know, known in the circles and, uh, you know, everybody's just open arms and, and makes you feel welcome. So it's, uh, I feel really good and really home down here, just uh, being part of that community. Cool. Yeah. Community is the key word there. And, uh, but running community is just something else, right? Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was always something different. I did a lot of my training up north all by myself. And uh, I was really like a solitary runner. And I, I, it was on my own accord. I never put myself out there to become part of the community. And then when I started running with people, I realized how much I was missing. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. It's, um, you know, the miles are easier. You just uh, yeah. sometimes you don't even have to talk, but you're just out there on the trail. And uh, it goes a long way, way longer than I than I thought it would. Yeah. 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 No kidding, man. Um, running with people is. Uh, yeah. It makes the time go faster. You're having a conversation. Next thing you know, oh, we just did nine miles and you know, it just feels like we just started. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's cool to have those people you know, it's fun to run with people that are better than you because they push you, but it's also fun to run people with people that are slower than you because, you know, you need a rest day once in a while, or it's good to just hang back and chat. But yeah, I like going out with people of all different skills, abilities, levels. Yeah. We, we have that, um, you know, first off, there's no egos. Everybody is just chill, but there's definitely guys that are way faster than me. Um, uh, and then there's guys that are slower and, and just we kind of find it a common ground and, and push each other and uh, go through that type of running and, and just mix it up and everybody kind of gets together as a group. But of course, listen, there's still, you know, runs where you do solo, but it's like you said, you're never going to get better with just running by yourself or staying in your comfort zone. Like if I'm looking, you know, there's a saying, I forget who it was. Somebody was like, I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> And that means that I've surrounded myself with people that I can learn with. So I want to be, you know, the slowest guy in the room and just soak up as much knowledge as I can. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just such a good resource for pooling information. You know, when I go run with people, I hear of races I've never heard of and people are talking about this gear, running gear that I've never heard of. And yeah, it's just a uh, cool, different perspectives to sort of pool together. But yeah, I'm a solo yeah. for the most part too, man. I mean, I do most of my training by myself, but then when I do run with people, it's a treat, man. And, and like I said, it just goes by so fast. Like, well, I can't believe we just banged out double digit numbers there. It seems like we just started. Yeah. And it's just, um, it, it's a way for, it, it, could, it, it sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but it's a way to really get to know people. And, and my God, you feel like if, if the whole world ran, it would be so much better. I mean, just my little group down here, you know, we had a guy run uh, virtual Boston uh, a couple of weeks ago. And just within that group, you had, uh, as I mentioned, Ralph Vargas, who's a, a guy who was born and raised in Costa Rica, who's 55 years old. Myself, who never ran, I played soccer growing up. Another guy, Tony, who's who ran cross country in college is still fast as hell. One guy's a uh, physical therapist. Somebody else is a photographer. Somebody else is a uh, owns a sailing company down here and is an entrepreneur. I mean, you, you would never get the six of us in a room together mm -hmm. 
anyway, anywhere else, but somehow we formed this bond and friendship that goes beyond running now. And that's really like the great thing about it. Yeah. 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 That's the best man. Um, just making new friends, uh, finding people, like you said, you wouldn't normally be in a room with, but, uh, you have this common, common bond, common thread and, and, you know, people take different avenues to find that right in life. Like you can get into different sorts of sports or different hobbies and running just happens to be ours. And this is our weird little avenue where we meet our cool, weird little friends. And it's beautiful, man. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And, um, you know, in many ways, I'm so, I'm so thankful for running and, and the positive impact it's had on my life. And uh, how even keel it, it's made me and, and what it's done for me that I'm, I'm forever grateful to it. I have such respect and reverence for it that I love being able to share that with other people. Well, let's get into that. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit the last time you were on the show, but as a, as a refresher, like what has running done for you? Um, it's given me the confidence to come out. I mean, I know I talked about it last time in terms of mental health and anxiety and the the issues I dealt with. Um, the only thing that's ever really calmed the voices or, or just mellowed me out is just some good miles out on the trail. And I think what it does is it, it really gives you the tools of, of not only problem solving, but it makes you uncomfortable in a sense that if you can conquer that, then you kind of get over stuff in your everyday life. Like, you know, stupid things that, that may have caused you to be anxious before or, caused you to have self-doubt when you come down, when you come out and you realize like, listen, I just got done running, you know, a hundred miles through the woods somewhere. There's, there's nothing that's going to stop me. There's nothing that I can't deal with. There's nothing that I, I can't solve. And, and running really forces you to do that. You know, when you're, especially ultra running, when you're on, you know, in the middle of nowhere, 15 miles from an aid station or 15 miles from any help, like it's time to, you know, buckle up. you got to toughen up and you have to get the job done. And the only way you do that is getting by putting one foot in front of the other. And if you can do that out there, you can do that in everyday life. And lessons like that are invaluable. You, you, you never lose that. You know that you've, you've pushed yourself beyond, you know, you've, you've pushed through every doubt that you've ever had. So that just gives you a, a skill set. I think that is, unparalleled that people who, who haven't done it, it's not, doesn't make you better than them. It just means that you have a certain skill set and you, you can deal with a certain amount of pain. And when that applies itself to everyday life, you realize you can, you can just get through it. Yeah. 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 It gives you the tools, uh, to, to take care of everyday life. Like you said, like, um, yeah, just like being tired, not wanting to do something. I mean, you live several lives in the, in the midst of an ultra marathon, like you run a hundred miles and I don't know about you, but I find myself thinking about friends I had in elementary school and just the craziest things from out my whole life. And it's like, it's a way to sort of put those pieces together in a way so that, yeah, it's just easier to deal with life. Right. I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but it's something like that. Yeah, you're, you're right on. And, and after I ran, you know, I've learned so much of what to do and what not to do. But after I ran uh, Yeti last year, I wrote a blog on my site and I talked exactly about that. Like people often ask what you think about. And I'm like, you have no control over it. Um, and I wrote this blog and I'm like, you think about every fuck up that you've ever had in life, every mistake that you've made, um, you overanalyze it. 
then I thought about the school nurse from my elementary school. Whatever happened to her? What about the crossing guard? Is she still alive? Um, then I was like, and these thoughts all went through my head. Then it was, it went on to a documentary on gangs I watched on HBO 15 years ago in DC. And I'm like, I wonder if that guy straightened himself out or, or what happened. And then, you know, those thoughts coming through your head. And then, as I said in the beginning, you make, you think about every mistake you've ever made, you know, all your, all your mess ups, that all comes crashing down on you. And then you process through that. And it's just this whole, um, the best way I can explain it is I, I told, you know, somebody asked me if I get bored running in circles when I do something like a 24 hour. And I'm like, no, because I'm not even in this world. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm in like a, an alternate universe that I'm here, but I'm not here. Right. And, and that's the way it happens. And it's, to me, it's the closest thing to being like having total consciousness where you're just in the moment, you're living every second of your life and you're embracing every second and you're just free flowing is the best way I can, I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to be in too. Like there's something comforting about that place. Uh, when you're not in that place, you look at it and kind of long for it. Like, ah, oh, I wonder when my next race is, um, yeah, it's a beautiful place. And, you know, people can get into that place running marathons, for instance, or half marathons, if that's their thing. But once you push yourself into the longer distances, um, you just experience that for that much longer. Like, you know, like a runner's high usually lasts me a couple of days after a hundred mile race. And there's usually kind of a crash that comes after that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I ran so many races this, this past year was um, just riding that high. Yeah. And like you said, it's, there's a certain, you get a certain element of it with a marathon, but there's something that happens when you're getting 50, 60, 70 miles in and, and you're pitch black, except for your headlamp. And uh, you know, you know, you're going places that very few places people have gone mm-hmm. on earth, especially like, so when I did uh hellhole, 100 that's it's like a it's an 18 mile loop and then it's a 16 mile loop in uh in, in like the middle of nowhere outside of uh charleston south carolina it's in like a swampy i think it's a horse um i have some horses uh horse trails there and uh they did a 212 miler 147 miler a uh, hundred miler like a nighttime 50k so at certain points there's a bunch of people on the trail and then all of a sudden there's nobody. So, you know, and you're in the middle of nowhere and it's dark Mm -hmm. and you, you find yourself out there. (laughs) I went uh, with the exception of eight station workers and my wife who was crewing me. I think I went eight hours without seeing anybody. Wow. And, uh, and you know what, if you can make it through that, then you, you can make it through a day of, of everyday life. There's, there's something special that happens to you out there. Agreed. Yeah, you're right. You really get, you get to know yourself on a deep level, spiritual level, like a intimate, you know, you face all those things that are uncomfortable and the things you don't necessarily like to think about. And, uh, yeah, it's like a psychedelic journey almost. And then you, and then it's daylight and then you come out and you're like, wow, I see the world as sort of this new place. Like things look just a tiny bit different now that I did that. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like it's bragging, but it's really not. It's, it's more internal. Mm-hmm. There's a certain pride knowing that 
you're willing to go distances that, you know, you're talking, I don't know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but probably less than 2% of the population in the world has ever gone those distances. And, right. you know, you talk to yourself about that and, and you realize it and, uh, you know, you just, you don't come out the same person Yeah. and, and every race is different, you know, and, and you just don't come out. And as high as those highs are, you, you love them. And then, you know, I'll be honest, just to go on the other side of it to show that it's not all, uh, all, you know, happy and balloons and everything. Uh, the same goes through when, when you don't get the job done. And, you know, I, as I said, I just got done attempting Barclays fall classic and, uh, I didn't get the job done. And, and that, that ate away at me that, that really bothered me. And it, it's, uh, it wasn't until I got done with, uh, bronze dragonfly, the 12 hour that I kind of came back at, a little bit because it, it rocked me that I, I had a DNF. Yeah. So that was like a redemption race almost. Yeah. Mentally I had to, I had to do it and, and, and prove that I can still get the job done. Oh yeah. So what was, uh, what was <laughs> your fate at, uh, Barkley? Like how, like what happened? How bad did it get? I know it's a gnarly race. Probably most listeners know it's, it's a gnarly race. Um, but tell us about your experience. Yeah, it, it was, um, I mean, everybody's seen the documentary. Everybody sees sees what it is. And, you know, without, I know you're not supposed to get into super specifics, but without getting, uh, when you see those hills that we all know and they, they talk about, that, you know, a rat jaw, that type of thing, um, they're way bigger than you think they are. They're way steeper than you think they are. Um it was, it started off. I, I felt good. I actually had, you know, and I spoke with Laz for a few minutes the day before and he was honest. He said, you want to bank as much time as you can in the first 10 miles. And that, you know, the first 10 miles you're going to, you are runnable. You can do uh, the next 10 miles. You're going to feel like you, uh, you feel like you're going to die. And then the last 10 miles, you're going to wish you were dead. <laughs> so, so he was, he was honest with me. Um, I felt good. I had like two and a half hours in the bank at the first, uh, the first cutoff, which I felt good with. And then the rain started and, uh, it just poured. I mean, it, it just downpoured all day and I had a hard time keeping food in. I couldn't, I couldn't eat anything. The only thing I could keep down was, uh, gels and, and Gatorade. So I knew it was going to be tough. It was a race against time. And then uh, going up and down the, the off-trail stuff in the mud, it, it was so hard that um, it's, uh, you exerted so much energy to get done, to get, uh, to get through it. So I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Other people have done it. So this year was um, a half a loop up uh, Rat Jaw and then a full one later on in the race. And I, on the second time up, I, I kind of just ran out of uh, gas. My body shut down. Um, I started shaking. I had, I, I guess I was like maybe 10 hours into it at that point. I hadn't eaten anything. And uh, I was taking three steps up, sliding down mm. two steps, going three steps up. There was nothing left to grab. And it was, it was in mud. People had been through it once already. And, and now you're talking just, basically like a slip and slide. So, uh, that was it, man. I just, um, I've been in enough tough spots, no one, when it's going to happen and when it's not. And, and this time, like I, my legs started shaking, everything was quivering. I couldn't take, I tried taking another step. My legs weren't really working. Mm. 
And uh, and that was it. That was the end of my day. Yeah. And you know, credit to anyone who finished it. I I know I I want to say like a little less than half finished it, maybe a third. Um, kudos to them. And you know, it just no excuses. It wasn't my day, and and I you know it, it rocked me to my core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. How it rocked you to your core, like. Uh, and I don't want to just focus on the negative stuff here. We'll, oh, no, talk, no, I, we'll talk about your accomplishments too, but, but I'm interested in this. Like, you know, how, like, what do you personally go through after a DNF? And like, um, it, you said you bounced back and had sort of a redemption race, but yeah. What's that process like for you? Um, it, it was, it was tough. You know, I had to, um, I couldn't make it up anymore. The hill I tried going up and I couldn't make it. So the only way I could get out of there was to go down. And I was almost, I was almost at the top, which, which really sucked. And, but I couldn't take another step up. I, so, but going down, I was all right. So I went down and, uh, you know, you have to wait for the bus. You have to take a bus back to the start. And there was uh, not begrudging people. It's just the way I dealt with it. There was other people on the bus and they were fine getting to that point. They were uh, like having, a, you know, a couple of laughs and everything. And, and I had a hard time keeping it together. All I could do on that bus was just to uh, to not like break down and cry. I was was I did everything I could to hold it together. I couldn't get back to the starting line fast enough. And then I saw my wife. I got out of the bus. I saw my wife, and I just lost it. Yep. I started bawling, yep. and I felt like um, I'd let her down. I felt like I'd let my kids down. Like I felt like I'd let everyone down that that had sacrificed for me to get there. And, you know, listen, there was, it was tough. I found out, so the race was on Saturday. I found out on Monday that I got in, I came off the wait list <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know how many chances I would have to do it. So, so I, I jumped in. It was, a, it was too good of a chance to turn down, totally. but um, I felt like I let everyone around me down and that was a tough feeling. You know, I let myself down. Yeah. So that was tough to process. And then when I got done, um, you know, my wife, I was like on the ground, like a baby <laughs> and my wife got me up and, and we started walking. I was like, I'm never fucking coming back here again. <laughs> so we went, uh, you know, she's like, you want to just go back to the, to the hotel and, and get some food. And, and, you know, I was like, no, we, we were about a half hour from Knoxville. So I think frozen head altogether. It might be an hour from Knoxville. Our hotel was like a half hour. So I said, no, we, you know, we went back and we got dressed and, uh, I was like, nah, you know, we'll go out to dinner. So we went out to dinner. We had a good night. And then I was okay. Then the next day, like, as you have time to think about it, you just, um, you wonder if you could have taken another step. If you had just waited 10 minutes, right. could you have, could you have done it? You know, you second guess yourself. And, uh, and then you go back to, uh, I'm going back there. I'm not going back. I'm going back. And then uh, it's, it, it's so funny. Like on, on, I guess it was, that was race was on Saturday. So like a Monday or I think it was Monday. I started itching and then, uh, the poison Ivy kicked in. Oh, really? So yeah, that's, they say, I guess you'll, the joke is you'll leave there with, uh, three things, tired legs, uh, ground hornet stings and poison Ivy. <laughs> so I left with all three oh, and, uh, you know, when I had it, I had it from like my shoulder down to my wrist on both arms and then the legs from like the back of the knees all the way down. Oh. And, uh, that's when I was like, I'm not going back again. So I still, I still go back and forth whether or not I'll go back. But I think, you know, to get to your initial question, it's more about 
um, these races are not easy when you have a family and it involves, you know, my in-laws or my mom and my stepfather watching my kids take them to soccer practice it involves, you know, um, hotels, traveling, my wife's, uh, you know, being out there for me. She's so supportive. I couldn't do it without her. So all these people rely on you. And I've always been able to dig through and, and find the motivation to get through. And uh, I just couldn't do it this time. And, and I just felt like I let everyone down. And uh, that weighed on me. I didn't sleep for like a week when I came home. <laughs> I couldn't sleep at night. I just couldn't. Uh, that was the biggest thing. It wasn't even about an ego thing. It was about disappointing the people that, you know, love and support me. Yeah. Yeah. But they love and support you. You know, they recognize like you're not, you can't just go out and do anything with hardly any training. You know, it sounds like you signed up for this super last minute and they're supportive, you know. Um, I've not finished races before and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a shitty feeling, but, um, you know, in my experience, most of your friends and family realize that you're out doing these insane things that most people can't do or don't want to do. And, you know, the success rate isn't a hundred percent, you know, you're going to have some, some DNFs, you're, you're going to have some, uh, some, you're not going to be able to finish them all. Yeah. And, and like you said, everyone's just so proud of you. That um, and they and they say that and you realize it and looking back on it now it, it was a good learning experience you, you kind of and I don't know if I would have had the mental fortitude say two three years ago to come back from that where this time you know it took me a week or so but I'm in a better place to where I can be like all right now it's you know enough field side for yourself get out start running again start getting some races in and uh, you know start start doing what you love again yeah yeah. Good for you, man. That's the right attitude. You just got to bounce back. It's just, uh, it's all part of the, part of the journey, you know? So what about your other three hundreds this year? Um, like wh which one was the toughest? Um, what were they like? So, you know, each one I think presents its own difficulties. Like I said, delirium was just running in circles, but I, I gotta be honest. I had, I had a great time at that race. Um, hit maybe like a low patch in the sixties. But other than that, I was cruising. I, in fact, I felt really strong at the end. Um, it, it was uh, just one of those things like everything went perfect. My, it was warm during the day, but I was patient and hydration. I was able to take food in. I, I kind of got, I kind of learned that um, I have a hard time eating like real food. I keep it uh, fingers, like what basically like finger sized food now. Um, cheese and crackers, like pepperoni, I do well with on, on a cracker, um, pudding, watermelon, potato chips. If I keep it simple like that, I'm good. I, I not like a slam down, a cheeseburger kind of guy. Right. Yeah. So if I keep it bite size, I'm good. So delirium, I was good at actually delirium and long haul, which was in January. I felt, I felt strong at, um, I think I finished. So I finished third at Delirium, and then I finished second – no, excuse me, like 17th or 18th at Long Haul. And uh, that was in January in Florida, so perfect weather. Again, I just – I was in a good groove because I had done Yeti September, Delirium November, and then Long Haul in January. Okay. That was good. And then um, – so probably the toughest one would be uh, Hellhole 100, which lived up to its name. It's, it's June in South Carolina – it's it's in a swamp, um, hot, humid. 
Yeah, we had we had a real hot day. I I came close to dropping at twenty five in. It, it was it was hot, and I just pushed through and 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 got it done. I think so. It's a smaller race. I think thirty two of us finished started the one hundred mile distance, and I think seven of us finished it. So uh, there's maybe like two miles of it, the last two miles of the loop. That's hard, hard to run. You're you're almost knee deep in mud. You kind of have to trudge through it. And apparently, that was the driest the course has ever been. A lot of times, it's just knee deep water sure. you're going through. Yeah. So that was a hard, hard race. Like I said, it was uh, it was real hot during the day. It was super lonely at night. You couldn't find anyone to really get you through those tough times. There was no one to talk with. Uh, it's really buggy. Mm. In fact, Chad, the guy who runs it at the beginning of races, tells you, you know, pick up your thumb. And he's like, that's not for a thumbs up. Just that's to give you an idea how big the horse flies are out there. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's one of those. It gives you like a little bit of everything. So I would say that that was probably, I mean, everyone presents their own challenges. But for me personally, that was probably the hardest one I had. Would you go back and do it again? Yeah, I think I, I would go back again. I, I don't know if, uh, if it would be this year, but I'll definitely go back. I would do more races that he puts on. It's um, It definitely tests you. I don't know if uh, maybe go longer next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It looks like um, you're still doing your motivational Monday things on Instagram and it looks like your business is booming. So I want to talk about that too. How is first mile sucks going? Um, are you still coaching people? What's going on with you? Yeah, no, it's going good. Um, it's a grind. As you know, I, I always thought this would be like, my vision of this would be, it would be a slow growing business. It would be word of mouth. It would be, you know, could be years in the making. It would be a labor of love. And, uh, it's growing the way I want it to. It, it is, you know, it is through word of mouth. It's just staying consistent, you know, using, using social media for, for positivity, using it as a platform to, to be able to speak to, to people, especially, you know, I, I would have never had the courage to come out and speak uh, about my own uh, struggles with anxiety and depression. It's given me a platform to do that. I'm looking to do more public speaking as, as the world is opened up a little bit more. So it's been good. And uh, the coaching's good too. I, I kind of reevaluated my uh, system of doing it. You know, I, I think I got a little too technical in the beginning and, and a little too um, what was trendy. And at the essence and the way I explain to people now, like at my, at the core of me and who I am, it's just simple, like caveman, hard work, a um, lot of miles, a lot of sprints. And, you know, I compare it like as a personal trainer, if you go into the gym, you could, you have one guy who uses every elliptical and every piece of equipment that he does, he can find. And then you have another guy who just has, you know, uh, a weight rack, a bench press and some dumbbells. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy with the weight rack, the bench press and the dumbbells. If yeah. I, I, I found it, that's more true to my soul and, and more to the core of who I am that it's just like, all right, let's go out. Let's, Let's put the work in. Let's forget about all fancy gadgets, everything, and, and and let's just grind it out. I'm a grinder. That's that's what I am. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. And that's pretty much my coaching approach as well. 
you know, um, I have a couple clients that, that wanted me to get them on training peaks and, you know, I support all that stuff. I think it's fantastic, but yeah, I'm just that old fashioned guy that sends you an email. It's like this many miles this day, intervals this day, core work this day. And, uh, yeah, just good old fashioned hard work. That's it. There's nothing that beats that. Yeah. And then, like you said, with the, with the emails, like I've simplified it, I just give a monthly schedule and, and this is what it is like, you know, we'll, we'll touch base, call me as much as you want, but you know, the work is there. You just have to put in, I, I can give you every fancy thing you want, but in essence, all it comes down to is one foot in the front of the other miles, you know, uh, and, and learning, you know, especially for ultra running, learning, running through pain, running through, you know, self-doubt and, and pushing your limits and, and being uncomfortable. Just experience too, you know, like working through the little blister problems and working through the side aches and working through, you know, you just come across all this stuff over a matter of time. And it, yeah, it just, it takes a little bit of experience to really get to know your body. Yeah. And I find like one thing is if, if you, it's one thing to work with um, ultra runners by, by nature, even just speaking to us, you're kind of laid back and, and, and humbled, I, I found that people that are getting ready for a 10K or uh, even a half marathon are always apologizing to me in the sense of like, oh, I, I, I'm not, I don't run as far as you, or I'm only running, I know it's only three miles, or I can only run six. And, and I'm always like, no, that's not it. That's mm-hmm. like my, your 50 miler may be a 5K, and that's great. Like, never apologize for, for what you're doing. No, you know, You'll get there if that's what you want. Like, I was at a 5K, I, you know, and there's still a ton of people that will run a faster 5K than me. But um, sometimes people get intimidated by, by the miles you run and uh, they apologize. And I'm like, don't, don't ever apologize. That's not, that's not who we are. It's not what I'm about. Um, and, and I'm not really that special. I'm a, you know, I'm a middle of the pack guy. Like, there's no, there's no ego here. It's just, helping you achieve what you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And we need those new people, um, to keep this community going. And we were all new people at one time, you know, I, I still recall my very first 10 K and trained for my first half marathon. Like it was the biggest deal in the world. And, and I, I try and keep that close because I remember that feeling. And, um, now fortunately I'm at a point where hopefully I can help other people sort of navigate through that as well. But yeah, no, I love, when people are just trained for their first five or 10 K or first marathon, I think it's fantastic. I love working with those guys. Yeah. And I think that comes from like an old school, uh, um, like road running kind of vibe where it's, you know, like you're not my friend, I'm going out there and I'm, and I'm going to, you know, and it's me against you and that's it. And I really find in the trail and especially the ultra running community, I mean, I've seen people slow up and, and, sacrifice their you know their own goals to help other people get to the finish line and that's what i love about it and i think that that's lost on on some people that are newer getting into the sport is just how welcoming and how friendly people are and how much it's not about me versus you i mean listen if you get into elite levels of of you know heat hawks and and wamsley and, and guys that are winning races it's it's a totally different thing but for a guy who's like middle of the pack like me um, it's not me versus you. It's us versus this course. Mm-hmm. 
Like we're, we're all in this together. We're all going to help each other get to the, to the finish line. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, what else about your coaching? How else is it going? Otherwise, uh, we got deviated there a little bit, but, um, it looks like you're selling homes as well. So, um, it sounds like you must be a busy guy if you're in real estate and you're running your business. Uh, what's, what's life looking like for you on a day to day? Uh, it's busy, but that's the way I like it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I had so many passions I wanted to follow. And I, you know, when I left, when I left the opera house in New York, when I, when I quit my job, I guess it's, wow, it'll be like almost two years, I guess now coming up in August, I, I knew I didn't want to get, um, tied down to a place again, necessarily. If I didn't have to, I wanted to be able to, you know, stretch my legs and, do things I love about. And, and in my essence, I'm really just a guy who likes talking to people. Mm-hmm. I, I love, you know, yes, it's hard to get me to shut up as you can tell from, <laughs> from listening to this and, you know, real estate, something that kind of just seemed like it fit the profile. Right. And, uh, I was able to, uh, I got my license and I spoke to somebody down here who recommended me in the right direction. And, uh, I went in and I spoke with a brokerage, uh, this, uh, it's called the Prudhomme team here on, on Hilton Head. And I spoke with the broker in charge, Dan Prudhomme, and I walked in and um, somehow his uh, he had heard about my running. So uh, he had asked me about it and talked about it. And uh, we didn't even talk real estate for, for an hour. We just talked um, running. You know, he was he was enthusiastic about it. And uh, I'm a big fan of Jesse Hitzler. And uh, he was too, and, and we really bonded over him. I, I just think he's he's amazing. He does amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. So we talked about him for a while, and then it, it was basically like, listen, if if you're crazy enough to run a hundred miles and determined to run a you know determined enough to run a hundred miles, you could come work for me, you know, if you want. So I landed there, and it just seems like it gives you some freedom to, you know, they're very supportive of my other endeavors, and uh, like you said, like. Life is just busy between, you know, I have two kids. My son plays uh, travel soccer. My daughter plays tennis. So a lot of times we're not, you know, I'll get up at six or so, go for a run, you know, 8.30, get into work, um, do the real estate stuff, come home, do my coaching, do my, you know, my plans, get my all my orders together take kids to practice. A lot of times we're eating dinner at eight or nine o'clock at night. And, uh, we're in it, you know, I'm in bed at 10, 10 30, and then it's wake up and do it the next day. But, uh, to be honest with you, I've never been happier. Yeah, good. I, there was, um, so many times in, you know, uh, to go back to the opera house that it was, it was a good job and, and it, it was a good paying job, but I missed so much of my kids' lives mm. that I never, I never saw them. I would, I would see them on Sunday and then maybe see them on Friday again. So, you know, through all these learning experiences of, of doing that for 20 years. And then like, you know, some people might look at things like, Oh, I don't want to take them to practice. Like I love taking them to practice because I never got a chance to do it. Hmm. So I make it a point to uh, as busy as I am, you know, and, and this all comes with, with me just, um, I think I just turned 45 this past week. My birthday was, was Tuesday. And I think this all comes with, it took me 45 or 44 years. It really started last year to really figure out who the hell I am (laughs) and, and be comfortable enough with who I am and tell 
other people and share it with the world of like, listen, this is who I am. Um, if you don't like it too bad, if you do like it, then great, let's go for a ride. But, you know, I'm going to spend the time here that I have to do the things I want to do with the people that I want to do it with, not with doing everything that somebody expects me to do or um, what people want me to do. And that all comes with, with maturity. And uh, I think therapy has a good, you know, something to do with it. And a lot of the running has to do with it. And I know this is a long winded answer about selling real estate, but I, I do love that. But these, this is something it all comes down to. I would have never had the balls to quit and go do real estate and like I wanted to do real estate. I would have always wanted like, oh, well, what if I don't, what if I fail? What if that doesn't work? What if, um, you know, what are people going to think of me? And then, you know what? I'm comfortable now. I'm going to go make it work. If it doesn't work, then you know what? I tried. And that all comes from running. That comes from, you know, every time you tow the line at a hundred miler, there's a thousand things that can go wrong, but you don't focus on that. You just focus on the things that you could control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's I've come so far. I don't say it in a bragging way. I say it in, in a grateful way of being in such a, a shitty place and not knowing who I was and trying to make everyone else happy that um, every day now I'm just like, what am I going to do today to make, you know, myself a better person? And it just, um, it just, Life is good right now for me. I'm I'm happy, and uh, it's just I, I can't even put it into words. I just say it, I'm grateful to be where I am. I am right there with you, brother. Uh, I am right in the same place. Um, yeah, man. So I think that we've both worked shitty jobs that we weren't necessarily real passionate about. You know, um, I've worked a lot of manual labor jobs. I've worked a lot of overtime. I I've, I've done it all. I drank too much after work because I didn't really like my job and wasn't feeling fulfilled. And yeah, man, just being in a place where you can, uh, I, I think it's like an Indiana Jones three. I think it's like the third ones when, uh, Indiana Jones has to like take a step out onto the invisible bridge. And then when his foot touches where the bridge would be, then it finally appears and holds him. It almost feels like that. It's like you have to take a chance. And like once you quit the job and you start working towards your passion, the universe kind of comes in to support that. And little things start popping up and you start meeting the right people at the right time. And it, you know, not every day is a good day, but it's a pretty magical place to be in. And, and like you said, gratitude is a huge part of that. Like if you can just sit down and really be in gratitude for five minutes, you know, five minutes goes by pretty quick, but it's a long time when you're just sitting there trying to be thankful for all the things you have and the people in your life and the love in your life. But the more you do that, the more comes into your life. It's like the universe's secret. And yeah, same here. I happy birthday, by the way, but I'm, I'm 46, so I'm not much older than you. And yeah, it's taken me this long to figure it out too. So, (laughs) and in another 10 years, I'll, I'll look back at now and say, oh man, I didn't know anything. You know, I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, I was telling, I I was just talking to to my wife and, and, um, you know, we went out to dinner Friday night, like as an early birthday uh, present, it was only the four of us. It was her, uh, myself and my two children, my son, Nate's 14 and my daughter's 10. And, um, you know, 
we had like this such a great time that in years past, I always worried about like, what was I getting out of it? Like selfishly, like, oh, I'd look for like every little thing, like what could have been better? What could have been better? In the last couple of years, it was, it's more about what can I do for you? Like, what can I do to make your life easier? And that really comes into play with the real estate too, because, you know, I always say like, I don't want to be a used car salesman. Like I'm looking to say, you know, how can I be of service to you? Right. And that's played well. And, you know, like I always wonder about that, but that, that dinner, like we had such a good time that, uh, you know, like my daughter's 10 and, and she, she admitted to us now that she doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. So, you know, we all had like a laugh and it was like one of those perfect, perfect nights, but I didn't think about it after I left. I remembered every single moment while I was there. And I, I kind of left my body and just looked at how lucky I was to be surrounded by these three people and how grateful I am to have them in my life and, and how like there was no phones out. There was no, um, there was no distractions. Nobody was watching TV. There was TVs in there, but we were like really engaged. And I, I think a, a lot of it starts with me. Like I'm more engaged than I've ever been. Um, I'm more present than I've ever been. And uh, I'm just thankful to have those people in my life. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to be in right there. Um, yeah. Good on you, man. That's, that's what people strive for sometimes their whole lives, you know? Um, yeah. Congrats. Um, yeah. First mile sucks. So are you still doing the apparel thing as well as coaching? Yeah. So, so we're still doing it. Um, I have fmsrunning.com. Uh, you can pick up the stuff there. We'll have new shirts coming out in the coming weeks. I just, uh, the order's in. There's uh, hoodies, uh, zip-ups, hats, um, regular T-shirts, running apparel, all that stuff. Um, I love doing it. It's, uh, you know, even if it never makes a million dollars, you know what? I can never, I don't have to wonder what if. Yeah. I did it. I, it's, it's connected me with so many people. So, uh, yeah, you can still pick up a ton of apparel. Everyone that has it loves it. So it's just um, getting that going. I'm still doing the coaching. I'm still doing my own running. If you're looking for a house in Hilton Head, I'm there. Uh, I'm looking to add public speaking this uh, this upcoming year to it. Um, if, if you don't mind, I'm doing a uh, symposium. So I'm going to be speaking with uh, two other people here about just the benefits of running at uh, Tim Waz's shop, which is Grounded Running over in Buford, who he's got a great shop. So I'm doing that November 11th. So I kind of have my hand in a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like you're kind of a hustler too. You got a lot of different irons in the fire. And honestly, that's nowadays, that's, that's the way to do it. It's not like when our parents were our age and, you know, you get one job and you hang on to that and you make it a career forever. It just, the world doesn't quite work like that anymore. Yeah. And, you know, listen, I, I did that for a long time. Right. I know you did too. And, and the magical thing about what I'm doing now is I'm passionate about those are things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not just going um, for it. It's just finding things that I like to do Yeah, and trying to make that work and, and trying to make that part of your life. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah. Same here, man. I get up early and just start mapping out the day. Are you still running pretty much every morning? Yeah, I run, I would say, I may take a day off it once every two weeks or so. Um, it varies. Listen, sometimes you can get four or five miles in. Sometimes you can get um, 
10 miles in. Sometimes you get 20 miles in. It's just, you know, the way the schedule dictates. I, I tried doing uh, streak and uh, they never last. I just, I, I always want to go run because I love to run. I don't want it to ever just be because I feel obligated to do it. I'm the same way with the streak, man. I've tried it before and my body just doesn't cooperate at a certain point. Something's going to break or, or even mentally at a certain point, it's like, no, I really need a day off today, or I need to do some cross training. Like I need a day off of running. And yeah, I'm the same here, same way here. I, I would just rather go out the door for the passion of going out the door and, and getting it done. And yeah, that works out better. I wish I could be a streaker. I'm envious of those guys, but yeah, <laughs> it's not for me. I mean, I, I probably shouldn't say this as a coach. There's some days I go out the door. I don't even know what, what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm going out to uh, just see where the road takes me. Yeah. Do you coach yourself in a way where things are set up structurally? Are you trying to get a certain amount of mileage throughout the week when you're training for a race or, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Sometimes I'll wake up and it's like, I'll check the weather and then figure out what I'm going to do. I might go for a run. I might go for a bike ride. I might just make it a yoga day, you know, but do you structure yourself in a certain way when you're training for something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to. And then, um, you know, you follow it as best as you can. Who, who knows? Maybe it's worked for me so far. I'm sure I can benefit from a coach like everybody else is. So that's, that's something I would explore, but I do have like a structured schedule and a blueprint of what, what I want to accomplish and, and, and how I want to get there and um, what it's going to take to get there. Yeah, for sure. And it sometimes it takes a hit, not to cut you off. Um, you know, it all, a lot of it depends on like doing so many doing races this year. It depends on how you're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a hard time. Sometimes you need four days off just to kind of regroup. Totally. Yeah. And that comes with experience too. You have to be able to listen to your body and see what's really needed. And usually people who are looking for a coach don't quite have a grasp on that yet. And they just need a little bit of structure there. I, I support that. And I think it's awesome. But after you've been coached or you've been running for maybe a couple, two, three years, you start to get to know how the body's feeling. Uh, you know, if you wake up and you're dead ass tired and you just are dreading going out the door, you know, maybe that should be a rest day or maybe that should be a yoga day. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with you. You know, I, I always tell people like, it's not a, a dictatorship. This is a partnership. Mm. If, if something's not working, you got, you know, call me and be like, Hey, this is not working. Or I don't feel like going today or I, I need a couple of days off. And it's, it's no good if you're not happy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool, man. Um, and so you're still putting a lot of time and energy into, uh, are you doing more of the coaching or more of the apparel or where are you at with it these days? I would say I'm doing more of the apparel. Okay, cool. To be fair, it's just the way um, clients come and go. You lose some, you gain some. Um, that's the cycle I'm in right now. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to be permanent, but mm-hmm. that's just the way things are shaking out right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm passionate about both, but the apparel seems to take up more time and, and trying to design stuff and, and come up with something fresh and something new all the time. And, uh, you know, I think ideally at the end of the day, I would like to do both of those, but what I really, really, really love doing is just, um, talking to people. 
yeah. and speaking to people. And that, that helps with the coaching too. And if I can figure out how to use everything and add a platform of, of public speaking, that would be what I would really love to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, I got to ask, you mentioned the Grateful Dead. Do you listen to the dead when you're running? No, I don't. You don't? You don't. No. Um, I, I don't know why. Once in a while, I will. Yeah. It's, um, I'm all over the place. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of fish because I'm a fish head too. Okay. And, and they're on tour right now. So I went to a bunch of shows in the summer. Um, I listen to some dead when I run uh, a lot of fish, a lot of podcasts. Uh, and then sometimes, listen, it's like, it ranges if, if like I was dead tired the other day, I had to throw some Jay-Z on nice. and, uh, and it got me going or, and I, and a single run, a long run, I can listen to a podcast, Jay-Z, Metallica yep. and fish. So I'm all over the map with that. Nice. Nice. That's Do you listen or no? Yeah, for sure. Well, no, I'm not a huge Grateful Dead guy, but I, over the last couple of years, I've. I've really kind of gotten into them a lot more. And so, yeah, when I was growing up, I was more into like the punk rock scene and the Grateful Dead. Just I respected them as musicians, but I just didn't really feel it. Right. I just didn't really get it. But now I'm, I'm really starting to feel it. And uh, I'm listening to them when I'm running and I feel like it's really good running music. But yeah, no, same with me, man. I'm all over the place with what I listen to. And and I have uh, a race day only playlist that I use. And I don't use it until like the last third of the race. So like, these are the, the major pump up songs that I'm bringing in, you know, when, when things are falling apart. So like, if I'm doing say a hundred mile race, I'll, I'll start out probably listening to nothing, just chatting with people, having a good time. And then when the race starts to thin out a little bit, then I'll start listening to like an audio book or a podcast. And then the last, last third of the race or so is my super pump up music. And yeah, it's just like Jay-Z and a lot of trashy hip hop. And that's, that's the stuff that keeps me moving, man. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I know what you mentioned punk. I, I all fair as I should have thrown in. I'm, I'm a big bad religion guy too. So I'll definitely throw some bad religion in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I almost have the same thing. Like you said, I, I always started off slow chatting and then, you know, by, by the end of the race, all bets are off. It could be, it could be anything. <laughs> I'll be out there listening to Taylor Swift singing along all by myself in the mountains. <laughs> Whatever gets the job done, Whatever right? Whatever gets it done. Actually, I don't even know one Taylor Swift song. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what's you mentioned a couple of races that you're signed up for? Like, I'm curious. Like, where do you see yourself? Like, maybe three or five years down the road. Like, are you looking at big races for yourself? Like, goal races, or are you thinking more? Uh, entrepreneurial like looking at your business or where do you want to take this three five years down the road oh man can i take all the above yeah totally <laughs> i mean obviously you you know i'd love to see the business flourish i always want to see you do better i'm going to constantly drive i'm going to constantly push to to get that power out there um as far as races go same thing in, in the next three to five years i mean i definitely have races i absolutely want to do um i know you've done a you've accomplished a ton of yourself. So obviously like everybody else, Western States would be um, a goal of mine yeah. just to get out there. The, the fact that it, it's, it just has that, that, um, that mystique about it. You have to get out there. Yeah. I love that. My wife's not going to love hearing this, but I definitely <laughs> want to tackle a 200 miler ah, nice. uh, out there. So that's, that would be in my future. Um, and then, you know, just, uh, see what comes. I, I'd like to, 
it's it's tough. It's and people have done it. I've seen people do it now. Like in a perfect world, I, I'd love to get out there for for Hard Rock or or Leadville, and um, you have to figure out a way to train for it and and do it properly. We live there's it's not uncommon for me to go for a thirty mile run here and have less than a hundred feet of elevation. Really? Yeah. So. You know, I know other people have done it. Listen, Pat Reagan lives in Savannah. Uh, he's done it. Uh, so Western States would definitely be out there. If you ask me my top three, it would probably be Western States, Leadville, and, and a 200-miler. Mm, nice. And, and I think I have, I, have, I have 200 miles in me. Oh, of course. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah, same here, man. I've been wanting to do one. Uh, for a long time and I was signed up for one this last year and got injured and I'm suffering with this plantar fasciitis I'm trying to work through now but uh, I just recently signed up for Cocodona and uh, same here man I didn't tell my wife about it for about five or six days after I signed up <laughs> and then I'm like oh but I caught her in a good mood oh by the way you know I signed up for Cocodona and she's like oh you do your thing man that's cool so <laughs> so I, I should mention UTMB as well just oh, to get yeah. out there I mean it's so will you bring the, uh, are you going to have uh, your wife crew or are you bringing the van out to crew you? Oh, probably both, man. We'll have the van out there. She'll be crewing. And uh, at that point, we will have probably picked up a couple more people. But, you know, I mean, it's funny. Like I just talked to Natalie Bickers, who, who finished the race with two seconds to spare. Uh, Moab 240, I guess, not Coca-Cola. I, I seen that. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Two seconds to spare. And she did the whole thing without crew and pacers. And when I hear that, I'm just like, huh, that sounds pretty badass. You know, Oof. I know, man. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I love sharing that time with other people and friends and family out there, but there's something that sort of draws me into just doing the long, hard stuff by yourself. I, I dig that too. So, yeah, we'll see. And I got to ask you just out of my own curiosity, the last time we talked, are you still running? Are you still looking at Nolan's? Oh, big time. Big time. I don't really have a date set or anything like that. I mean, I'm still looking at it for sure. And people have been reaching out to me now to see if I could help crew them through it, you know, since I know the course pretty well. And uh, yeah, that's one of those things that's, that's on the bucket list. I guess if I'm doing two 200s next summer, Nolan's probably isn't happening. It's Are you doing two next year? Yeah. Well, that's what's the second one. For. And the second one is Sangre de Cristo, which I was signed up for last year and then uh, put it to to this year because of my injury. So, so yeah, technically I'm signed up for two of them next year. So um, we'll see if I can get this foot healed up in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, it's, um, it's funny as I guess as, as my kids get older too, as I mentioned, my son is 14. So, you know, he's a freshman now as he goes away to college, hopefully. And, and uh, you know, that opens up some doors of freedom as well, just to, uh, to go explore in some more races. For sure. Well, dude, if you come out to Colorado, you definitely better look me up. I would highly suggest trying to get into Leadville, man. I mean, it, yeah, it's a super tough race, but um, it's not as hard to get into as Western States. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a little bit more. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you where you live, it's flat as a pancake. So <laughs> like doing repeats on on bridges and up and down stairs and stuff, but. Yeah, I would highly suggest it. And you got us to crew for you if you do come out too. So, no, nah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's, I spend so much time on YouTube watching the races and, you know, and, and you see all these big races out West and, and, 
you just you can't help but not want to go. I mean, even like you mentioned Moab, I, there was one picture on Instagram where it was somebody with, I think it was two people standing there with headlamps. And then you saw that sky in Utah. Oh, yeah. It was just, we have, listen, we have some good stars down here, but nothing like that. That was, yeah. it's just, uh, it's beautiful. So there's always so many races that, that you want to do. Yeah, I know. It's hard to, it's hard to narrow it down. But if I'm still running in five years, that means, Something's good, at least, if you're, oh. you're still doing it, you know, 100 miles, of which course. I think I will be. Yeah, yeah. Body's still good, still holding up. You're still healthy. Yeah, I don't see why you can't be running in three to five years, um, for sure. I mean, do you look at running like something I want to do long term? Are you look, are, are you thinking about it like in 10 years, I still want to be running, even if it's just three or four miles a day, just for oh. mental oh, yeah. health? And, yeah, 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 100%. I mean, that's one of those things like, even, you know, you look at it at, at somebody like AJW who's still, he's in his mid fifties. Now he's running the guy I mentioned that I run down with Ronald Vargas is, you know, in his mid fifties and he's just beat me again at the 12 hour. I keep coming in second to him. I think he, I've come in second to him two or three times. So in 10 years, yeah, I want, listen, this is, this is part of who I am now, yes. the running, like there's, there's certain staples in my life that are, um, you know, important. And it, it, for me, it goes like family, mental well-being, and running. Like those are my three, three non-negotiables as Jesse Itzler would say. So it's part of who I am. It, it's, it's opened up this world to me. And I don't see any reason why, like, I want you to, I want to be that guy who's 90 and getting, you know, dragging himself down the course. Like I'm that, I'm that stupid. I'm that stubborn bastard. That's gonna, you're gonna have to hide my running shoes to get me to stop. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, I feel like I have a lot of things like I'm knock on wood. I've been lucky injury wise. Um, I feel like there's some things that help me. I'm not a big guy. Um, uh, you know, as I said, last time I lost when I started running, I, I think I was 195 at the time. Um, I'm 145 right now. I might be like five, seven, five, eight. So there's not that much stress on my, on my body. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Like I'm, um, uh, I feel like you can't stop me. I hope I'm still there when I'm, you know, my plan is to always keep running. Yeah. 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 Same here, man. Every year I feel like I'm just getting a little bit more fit than I was the year before. And, uh, yeah, I'm no spring chicken. So just keep this thing going, man. It's, it's, it's awesome. Where can people find you, man? I know you got your website. Yeah. So I'm at fmsrunning.com. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at fmsrunning. And then, uh, I'm on Facebook at FMS running, but definitely Instagram is your best bet. And on the website, at FMS running. Awesome. Dot com. Oh, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ron, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I love it. I'm watching from afar and cheering you on. And, and, uh, if you're doing like three hundreds in a year, man, I mean, you're giving us <laughs> plenty to watch. So keep it up, man. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And first mile sucks. I, I you know, we, I'm sure a lot of people have said this. It's the coolest saying ever. First mile sucks. It does. It sucks for everybody. After you get past that first mile, it's better. And uh, I just love seeing that across t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah, no, thank you. And, and you know, it's, um, it's true. Like every day you go out, it doesn't matter how long you run that first mile still, still sucks. So, yep, yep. uh, you know, thank you for having me on again. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. Um, Thank you for everyone that's bought apparel. If you haven't, please check me out. Um, 
I'd love to connect with you. And, and uh, that's it, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just thankful. I'm, I'm the luckiest guy. I'm, 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 I'm just so happy. That's beautiful. That's it right there. All right. We'll stay in that place of gratitude, man, because it's a powerful place. And I'm just starting to learn that. Like we mentioned, you know, 46 years old and I'm just starting to figure this thing out. So keep it up, dude. Yeah, that's it. I, now I have to live to 100. I just wasted 45 years. Now I got to use the, I got to use all my wisdom in the next 55. <laughs> I hope you eat good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother, stay in touch, man. Good talking with you. Great. Thanks. And I, I look forward to coming out to Colorado and seeing you. Oh, hell yeah. All right, dude. Take care, man. Thanks. Bro. Thanks, brother. Thank you for listening, you guys. What did you think? Give me a shout. Let me know. Remember to subscribe, like, share, review. We are on Patreon as Do Big Things. That is patreon.com slash do big things. Follow us and support us there. I can't keep this thing going without you guys. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can support us for a whole month. Thank you so much to all of our supporters. I love you guys. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S., Their stuff is tremendous at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors and you haven't bought any of their stuff, you are slipping, Jack. Their shorts, socks, shirts, and hats have been through some of the most challenging and rigorous races in the world, and they stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you wear it and you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund so you have nothing to lose. Check them out, exoskin.us. Use our promo code BTC, all caps, for big things crewing. And that is a 15% promo code, you guys. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will's a certified nutritionist, and he knows what's what when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete and you just want to be healthier and feel better on the day-to-day. Maybe you just need a little guidance. Contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you a 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day, not have to worry about driving. You can have a couple at night, not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol. Check out athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the best non-alcoholic beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.